Hey, Sarah here. Summer is fast approaching, and here's what I propose. A relaxed and simple summer that offers just enough structure to keep those long, sticky days from melting into chaos, and just enough fun to keep your kids asking for more. Also, fairy tales. Lots of fairy tales. (laughs) I'm teaching a free workshop called Three Simple Steps to a Fairy Tale Summer, and I would love for you to join me. Save your free seat at the workshop by texting the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. See you there. You're listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This is the podcast that inspires you to build your family culture around books. I'm Sarah McKenzie, and this is episode 11. A few weeks ago, I took all six of my kids to the library. Now, If you're new here to the Read Aloud Revival, you may not know that I have six kids. I do. And half of them are two and under. So things around here are lively. At any rate, in a moment of characteristic optimism, I got all six of them loaded up into our ginormous van and decided a quick library trip was in order. My 10-year-old needed the next Percy Jackson book, my budding reader needed something more to practice on, and I needed to pay the ridiculous fine on our family library card. So off we went. It all went fine for approximately seven seconds. (laughs) By the time we left, I was queuing frantic take the toddler and go signs at my 12-year-old while running the books under the self-checkout scanner at lightning speed. And by the way, let me just take a brief moment here to say that a mother of many did not create self-checkout stands. There's just no way. Anyway, the twins were squalling in the stroller because they wanted to get out and the other kids were arguing over who had to carry the heaviest bag out. And I was hot and frustrated and sweaty. By the time I got to the van, I was snapping the twins into their car seats and telling the big kids to stop poking at each other and teasing each other and looking at each other for the entire ride home. It was fantastic. I have a feeling some of you can relate. I know that Jamie Martin can, and that's why I invited her on the show. On that very afternoon, on the way home, I decided that I would shoot Jamie an email as soon as I got home and ask if she'd pretty, pretty please come talk to me about successful library use. And she did. So that's what I have to share with you today. First, I want you to know that this episode is sponsored by Audible. One of our very favorite books by The Great Horn Spoon is available in Audible's mammoth library of audiobooks, along with 150,000 other selections. You can get it free or a book of your choice for free at audibletrial.com slash read aloud. On to the show. I am so happy to be chatting with my friend Jamie Martin today. You probably already know who she is. Jamie's the editor of the wildly popular simplehomeschool.net and writes at her own blog, Steady Mom. She has written several ebooks, including Mindset for Moms, Steady Days, and The Steady Mom's Freedom Guide. 
She's also written The Secrets of a Successful Homeschool Mom, and I'll tell you how to go pick up a copy of that at the end of the show. A couple of years ago, Jamie wrote an excellent post called On Why I Stopped Taking My Children to the Library. In that post, she discussed her family's struggles with using the library and how she had shifted gears to make the most of the awesome free resource that a library is in a way that met her family's needs at the time. This is something I hear about constantly, whether it's that you rack up library fines like I do, or your toddler throws an epic fit, or in my case, all three of them do, (laughs) or you can't convince your kids to leave the twaddle on the shelves and pick something more worthwhile. Visiting the library can be both incredibly rewarding and unbelievably frustrating. So today, Jamie and I are going to chat about strategies that might help your family make better use of the library how she decides which books are worth reading, and what reading aloud looks like in her home right now. Hey, Jamie, thank you so much for taking my call. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I I appreciate you carving out some time on your family vacation for us. This is a real treat. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. It worked out perfectly. So uh, Steve is out with the kids on the beach, I think. Perfect. (laughs) Well, can you share um, a little bit about your family before we get going? Yes, I would love to. I am, um, so we live in Newtown, Connecticut, and I have three children. Uh, Jonathan just turned 10 this week uh, on Monday, and um, he was the first child to join our family. Then we adopted Elijah, who is from Liberia, West Africa, and there are only six months that separate those boys, the boys, so Elijah was the second to join us, and Trishna, my daughter, is from India originally. We adopted her. She was the third child to join our family, but she became our older child, our oldest child, because she is... um, older than the boys and now she's 11 so right now the kids oh, I are think 11 I realized that. okay uh, yeah so right now the kids are 11 10 and 9 um and then for half of the year the boys are the same age and the other half they kind of stair step like that ah uh, that's fun do they yeah. play that up a bit <laughs> they do well the funny thing is that the boys are exactly the same height and all three of them weigh the same, and they <laughs> wear the same shoe size, and oh, yeah, yeah. it's all it's all of it wild at times. So, and then uh, Steve and I have been married for sixteen years, and he's from England. So, in total, we have four countries represented in our family of five. Um, and Steve's from England. He works for a charity called Love One Forty Six, which helps. Uh, children who have been uh, involved in human trafficking wow. and helping okay. to get them to a safe and restored place. So so that's our family, and that's what we do on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis. Well, so you've written about how libraries have been indispensable to you as you've been parenting, and at one point um, you stopped taking your kids to the library completely. Can you tell me about that and what spurred that decision? Sure. Um, Well, it's so funny because I find that that post draws a real reaction from people. Either um, 
like, thank you for saying, giving me permission to say that I don't like taking my kids to the library. (laughs) (laughs) Or on the other hand, people are kind of horrified that I'm suggesting that the library isn't the most incredible thing to do as a homeschooling or a book-loving family. And, um, but really, I have to say that it just comes down to finding what works for your family in that season. And really, that's what I want to give permission for people to do in this case with the library or really in any case that comes to you in parenting or homeschooling or there's so many times I feel like we turn to experts or we look to bloggers and we feel like they are saying what we should be doing. And so I just wanted to kind of lay out a disclaimer before we go on to discuss anything that really um, you are the expert on your family, uh, each of you. And what spurred our decision was that, was me saying, okay, this just isn't working. What can we do differently? How can we transform this for now, for what we need now? Um, And now it's transformed because that was a few years ago. Now it's transformed again. So that's my kind of disclaimer to toss out anything in this podcast that doesn't resonate with you to keep whatever does and to feel the freedom to do that. And so, but back to the library, our kind of library history, when the kids were little, um, we had a great library set up where the library just really catered to preschoolers and by having not just books, but kind of, they had a train table and they had puzzles and little toys and things like that as well. And so what I found was all the picture books were there together. The toys were kind of in the middle with chairs around and I could sit and um, they could toddle over with their book and we could read for a minute, but then they could toddle back to the train table. And, and because it was kind of enclosed in the space then, I could also stand up and be right there while they were playing and looking at books on the shelves myself. And that just worked really well. And then um, when we moved, it had nothing to do with, like, uh, the bad, that it was a bad library. We have an excellent library now as well. But it just had to do with logistics, and I had never realized that before in the the old library we'd been to, how much, you know, just the setup of it had kind of helped us to be successful there. But in this library, the picture books are kind of all in the middle, but then lining the walls are the kind of chapter books and not really young adults where it's the content would be, you know, inappropriate for kind of five, six years old, right, but right. it's the mid-grade, you know, the mid-grade kind of chapter books are all lining the walls, and <laughs> the first time that we went, um, I mean, it's not like the kids are super little, I would say maybe like nine, eight, and seven, or eight, seven, six, that kind of range, but it was still just uh, a bit of chaos with my youngest. Uh, Elijah, he was just attracted to books with scary covers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, I have um, a guy that does that. <laughs> do you? Yeah. I feel I'm like awesome. everybody has, 
has fat kids. And uh, especially because a lot of the chapter books, these kind of books for older kids, they had them facing out, you know, so you see the covers and you, you can be drawn to them. And so while I'm trying to kind of make sense of my library list or think through intentionally, how can I get a few quality books? I felt like he was just running up to me with like one after another of scary book covers and um, then, you know, me trying to explain that we weren't going to check that out did not <laughs> right. always go over really well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, and so I thought, well, we probably just need to get used to this and we need just a few weeks and we'll kind of find our rhythm and our method. And so we did that um, for a few weeks and every time it was, it was similar in that I just didn't feel like it was a really quality experience. I felt like it was kind of fire drill, <laughs> get in, get out, check out before anyone loses it or uh, <laughs> we embarrass ourselves. <laughs> and so um, that's what we do so now. I now just... when we pull into the library, I look at my big kids and I say, okay, these babies will probably hold on for like eight right. minutes. Go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so after a few tries, I just thought, you know what, let's just think of a different way to, to do this. How could it work differently? And so I just decided to start going by myself. And uh, maybe twice a month, I would go usually in the evenings and choose books and really enjoy myself because I love libraries and always have even uh, since I was a girl. So I would really enjoy it, and I would get things that... I would keep a list at home of things the kids mentioned if they were interested in a topic or had just brought something up. I would just jot it down and take that with me okay. so that, that I can look for that, and I, and I had the time to do it. So then what I brought home, I mean, it was like I was... like. It felt like Christmas morning when I walked through the door to the kids. We have this tradition of we spread all the books all over the floor oh, when we get home from the library. <laughs> okay. And um, and we've always done that so that they can really, you know, they come in and they're just so thrilled. And and they were just always so excited that I had been to the library and brought books. And there was no real pushback on that. Like, how come we didn't go or... Or anything like that. There was no, where's the books with the scary covers? <laughs> well, that's something you mentioned in your just, post that I loved. And I thought, yeah, you, you mentioned that um, there was there was no focus on the things they weren't allowed to take home or they you didn't want them to take home. Like there would be if you brought them with you. They just see all the good stuff that you've got and that's exciting. Exactly. Yeah, that's, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was a different way then. I mean, I never anticipated we would use the library that way. Um, but it was so good and almost, it was just a really sweet season and I think we, we enjoyed it just as much doing it that way. Um, and then my surprise is that really, I know you were mentioning kind of looking at things as seasons Mm -hmm. of your family's life, seasons of time. And it really was just that because, Maybe, I, I would say even less than two years later after that, 
I found that I was able to take them all again. And um, and now we go more than we've ever gone, which is just so funny reading my post back, um, <laughs> looking at it through where we've ended up. Um, and I guess that's also something I would tell people is just that to do what you need to do for now and not, you know, anticipate or think about what does this mean for the future? My kids will never, you know, <laughs> learn to go to the library or behave there, or, um, not to kind of generalize or, or worry about it because it really did. It was just kind of a developmental place in our family and we did what we needed to do. And now um, I just absolutely love taking them. They're all so focused. And now that I have um, my older two, you know, really independent, focused readers, and they, you know, when they go, they're kind of on a mission, and then they just sit down and, and start reading. And, and I have plenty of time to even look things up on the computer or they all know now where their favorite sections are. And it's just such a beautiful thing to see to see happen kind of out of that experience was just that we responded to the needs of the moment and yeah. we're doing that now. And now it just looks differently, uh, different than it did then. Well, there's a couple things I love about that. I love that you say, you know, you're the expert on your family. You're the expert on your kids. Cause I think there is such a, we all fall into this tendency to look at what I, I think we parents have probably always done this with experts and books, you know, what should I, what am I supposed to be doing? But maybe we're more likely to do it now that there's this proliferation of, of blogs on parenting and mothering and homeschooling or whatever speaks to our um, mode of parenting. And so we kind of look around and see what we're supposed to do. And then we feel like we should do it like all the people who are, you know, blogging about, about that particular mm-hmm. topic. But I think it's probably really helpful for us to think of our parenting in seasons. One of the things I've um, I've done it kind of haphazardly on my own blog is write about what's working now. And it's been interesting to me. Usually it's about homeschooling and I just sort of bullet point out a few of the things that are working right now in our homeschool. And as I've looked mm-hmm. back on those old posts, I'm amazed at how different things two years ago looked than they do. And in our home, we've had a pretty dramatic shift because we've added three babies in two years. And so um, mm-hmm. it's there's a big difference what our homeschool looked like three years ago to what it looks like today. But it's really helpful, I think, to realize that the way you're doing things in your homeschool, or if you're not homeschooling, the way you're doing things in your family life today, um, just do what works for your family right now in this season. And then, you know, realize it doesn't always have to look exactly like that. So if it doesn't match your ideal vision of how you want to use the library, that's okay. Use it as best as you can now. And that's exactly what you did with your family, which I think is really inspiring. But I know you mentioned wanting to move into another phase um, of using the library. Kind of, I think you had called it like a, a library plan, sort of like the next phase in using the library for our family. I'm hoping will mm-hmm. be one-on-one research um, where I take one child to the library and help them learn how to look something up or research a certain topic. So were you able to make that happen? It's funny because I, I anticipated that being the plan. Um, because I anticipated that I would never be able to take my three children to the library successfully together (laughs) based on what we were currently experiencing. And instead I found, you know, that now we can. And 
so actually that hasn't happened that I've taken them one at a time. But I really like that idea and I think, you know, it still could be something that we implement in the future, especially as they are getting older and they just have their own unique interests. You really want to fuel that and the concept of how parents sometimes take their kids, you know, on individual dates and and things like that. I think, like, what a great place to go for a date with your kids. Oh, yeah. To the library. Yeah. My kids would probably love and that. Ice cream in the library exactly. or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just as a really fun one-on-one way to look at things without having the distractions of, of other children around. So we haven't really done that much, except for, you know, here and there where where I will just need to right in and I've got someone with me, um, that kind of thing. But another thing I use all the time is interlibrary loan, and that has just changed our whole life so that you can request a book online, um, any book really, and if it's not in your own library, you know, they will get it for you. And I just think, oh my goodness. That type of thing just boggles my mind and makes me fall in love with libraries. <laughs> yes, me too. Now, at our library, we can request interlibrary loans to get books that aren't in our library system at no cost. And we can ask for books from the other libraries in our system to be shipped to us at no cost. You know, not to our home, but right. shipped to our home library. But my yes. friend Pam's library charges for that service. So what does your library do? I'm just curious. Yeah, ours has no charge. And it is... Um, it's incredible, and they also have no limit. Though one time they joked with me when I was checking things out that they might have to impose one simply because of my usage, <laughs> 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 which just shows you how much I take advantage of the system that's out there. It's just remarkable. But I was in a library system previously where they did. I can't remember if they charged or just if they had a limit of the number of books you could. Um, request within a certain time period. Uh, so I know that there are some like that. Ours, you know, they will even get books from out of state if they don't have it anywhere in state. Um, so, yeah, it's just so phenomenal that we have this free service available. I just think it's incredible. Yeah, Makes I do love too. So it sounds like you have country. a relationship with the librarians at, at your library. I think a lot of people want that, but they don't know how to start that conversation Mm -hmm. or to kind of start that relationship. How did that unfold for you? Well, kind of slowly, but I wanted to, right off the bat, we're a very different looking family because we have different races in our family, different nationalities than we homeschool. And so I always want to kind of put us out on our best foot forward. And so the very first time we went to the library, uh, in Newtown, which is just a fabulous place, and we love it. We, um, I introduced myself to the librarian that was there in the children's section and the kids, too, and um, said that we homeschool, and she had a really positive response to that, which I was so happy about, that there were a lot of homeschoolers in the area, so it was something, you know, that they were familiar with, and um, that in itself was very encouraging. And because of my writing work, I will often write at the library as well. So I go there so often that I just have become a very familiar face that it's hard to 
Um, they just can't get rid of me even if they wanted to. <laughs> so, um, so through that, I kind of, I've met one of the head librarians and just, you know, I just tried to kind of chat with her a bit or say hello, um, try to remember her name and the names of the people that I see there most frequently so that I can, you know, just greet them by name. And it's always special when someone takes the time to kind of remember your name and, um, then I made sure to introduce the kids to her and just mention, you know, different books that we've enjoyed or things we're looking for. I think one time when we were coming on a vacation, a different one, we were looking for audiobooks. And so we just had a little conversation about that and about our upcoming vacation. And then the last time uh, I was in the library, my mom was visiting uh, from out of state and I even introduced the library into my mom. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just, and maybe because, you know, this is a small town, you feel a bit more at ease with doing that. But I do feel like I initiated that because I just, I see these people as, you know, mentors for my kids and I see the work they're doing. as just really valuable for our community and I want to kind of acknowledge that and also feel like we're part of it together and you can only really do that if you take just small steps but to build relationships so that's kind of how it's worked out for us. That's great and I think that's I, w- I worked in a library for several years um, in circulation and so I worked pretty closely with some of the librarians there and I think for the most part they just crave that interaction with the patrons who come in and they really want to help um, help you find the resources you're looking for and make connections. And I know the librarians I worked with loved it when they knew the families well enough that they could see something new mm. that would come across the stacks and put it aside for a child that, that would love it, that kind of right. thing. So oh, I think maybe if we kind of get over our fear of starting that conversation, realize that that's what they're there for. They mm. really want to do that. That's why they went into what they do. <laughs> so Exactly. And these people, they just love to see children who love books. Yes. You know, because they love books. That's why they're doing it. And they, um, I can remember one time we were checking out books and she asked if this was for a school report. And it wasn't. It was just things that we were interested in. And she was a little bit surprised that <laughs> it wasn't just her school report, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, and so, so yeah, I think they really enjoy that too, to see like kids, just kids that love books. And, yeah. Um, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's simple. It doesn't take, it doesn't take much. We'll get back to the show in just a minute. At the beginning of today's episode, I mentioned that what I propose for this summer is a relaxed and simple plan that offers just enough structure to keep your days from melting into chaos and just enough fun to keep your kids asking for more. And what summer wouldn't be much, much better with a whole bunch of fairy tales? Well, I'm teaching a free workshop called Three Simple Steps to a Fairy Tale Summer And here's what we're going to talk about. First, how reading fairy tales can make your summer easier. Yes, easier. We want to take things off your plate this summer, not put more on, right? (laughs) Fairy tales can make your summer easier and more fun. I'm also going to share the fairy tales I recommend for every age and the tippy top thing you can do to make sure your kids make 
delightful memories this summer. It is way less work and way less pressure than you think. The free workshop is happening live online on May 7th, 2024, and you can save your free seat by texting the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. And yes, there's a replay, so make sure you register even if you can't join us live on May 7th. Again, text the word fairy tale, all one word, to the number 33777. So um, maybe we can talk a little bit about twaddle. Um, I this is my biggest. Well, no, this is not my biggest struggle. My biggest struggle is probably toddler tantrums. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of library struggles at the moment. But one of actually, it's so funny. I have to interject here that I took my kids to the library two weeks ago, and it was one of those days where I got back in the car afterwards and saw all this twaddle in my bag that I didn't realize we had checked out and the babies had done this big fit and I thought I'm gonna call Jamie and find out if she will do a podcast (laughs) because we need to talk about libraries I need all the help I can get but um, one of my biggest struggles is twaddle my especially a couple of my kids seem a little bit more drawn to picking up um, books that I would rather them not read. And I don't have a problem with them reading some fluff, you know, like a little bit here and there, as long as it's not their steady diet. And I definitely don't Mm -hmm. read twaddle to them. Um, but I, Mm -hmm. I don't mind if, you know, they want to read, you know, the Disney fairies books or babysitters club or whatever here and there on their own. But um, mm-hmm. one of my children in particular has this tendency to just bring home stacks of it unless I head that off at the past. So I'm curious to know mm-hmm. how you keep that from happening now <laughs> in your home with your kids. Because my older kids are about mm-hmm. the same ages as yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, it's nothing earth shattering that we've done. Probably what we've done is similar to what you're already talking about in that I know that what I'm reading to them at home and the books that we've, you know, invited into our permanent home library are, are all really high quality classics or not just classics in the traditional sense, but they have the spirit of a classic, whether they're new or old, which is just, you know, that inspirational kind of impulse that you feel that the book or the story is about more than it is about. So there's depth there. Mm-hmm. And um, and like you're saying, because I know that our shelves are filled with that at home, and when we go to the library, you feel, you know, you can allow your kids freedom to choose for themselves for the most part. And we try to keep a limit on the number of books that we check out at a time, it's, it's still a high number, I feel like, maybe 30, oh, <laughs> 30 <yeah>. to 40. <laughs> um, so I think most people think that's a high number. And uh, But if I get to, I will actually kind of count them while we're stacking, making our stacks and while we're there. And if we reach uh, where we're kind of close, I will show, you know, Trishna or Jonathan or Elijah okay, you've got four books here, maybe on the same topic even, or maybe in the same series. Why don't we take two of them and save the other two for another week or um, something like that. So it's kind of, you know, that way they're not 
taking the whole section off the shelves and, um, and that's helped a little bit. And I will do the same, you know, I'll put a couple of mine back so that it doesn't feel like that it's just them having to do that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that has worked for us, but I do try to, um, it hasn't become much of a problem with chapter books, I would say. We just haven't really reached that. Um, I haven't had to deal with the issue of checking out kind of plottily chapter books yet. So I'm not really sure what I would do in that instance. Um, Jonathan's really into Hardy Boys and the mystery type things right now, but mm -hmm. I don't see those as twaddle. Um, and he does, you know, he'll get just a couple each time we go. Um, so I haven't come across that, but with picture books, we definitely have, and it's just been kind of give and take and trying to find a flow without making this overarching rules. And, has, and has he found the, um, Roman mysteries? Have you gotten your hands on those before? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, RomanMysteries.com. There's a whole list, list there, but they're by Caroline okay. Lawrence. And my girls love these. We just discovered them. Um, but they're all mysteries set in ancient Rome. It's, you know, okay. I think AD um, 79 is when they, they're kind of, they start. And they're these kids that are on these um, sort of detective mystery adventures and they're just really awesome they're really well done I haven't read any of them aloud but I've flipped through lots of them and my girls tell like you know it's one of those books where they finish them and they come and they want to tell me every detail of everything that happened so, but if he likes the Hardy Boys and, and mystery kind of series um yeah he might like these <laughs> I will definitely look at look into that because it sounds like something that he would love. He's really, really into that right now. Yeah. My kids are learning Latin too. And there's some Latin, uh, you know, little, I don't know, Latin messages or things they have to kind of decode here and there just woven into this story. So I think uh -huh, that that's uh -huh. kind of fun because it's one of those things that they're already studying. So that's kind of fun. That's cool. That's really cool. So tell me a little bit about what reading aloud looks like in your family with your kids, the ages they are, because they're all able to read to themselves, it sounds like. Um, mm -hmm. So what does that look like for you? Um, we do a ton of reading aloud still and plan to keep doing that. And I think like a lot of people, we ended up falling on meal times as a really good time for read aloud since um, everyone's kind of occupied and everyone is together. Uh, so I read at breakfast and um, I will read our main chapter book then, usually one chapter, sometimes two if we're all into it. Then at snack time, I usually read our Bible um, passage or story for the day. And then at lunchtime, I will read... Uh, more chapter book, or if there's an interesting library book I wanted to read to them, I will read that. Or also, Trishna is really into writing, and she writes whole chapter books. She has kind of a, her own mystery series going herself. So often so awesome. we will celebrate. <laughs> we will celebrate when she is done with one of her books, and we will read it aloud. Uh, oh, that's so great! Okay, yeah, it's been fun. 
Um, and then we just very recently, maybe even in the last month, um, my husband, Steve, started reading at dinner. And we had done that in the past with reading um, a short Bible passage after dinner, um, but we just started doing that with um, with a regular book as well. So we just started the Chronicles of Narnia okay. together as a family, and it's the first time we've really done that as like a whole family read aloud, mm-hmm. and it's just been really fun. We kind of just wanted to see, you know, with this workout and what Steve had the clever idea of you know, the, the kind of five-minute period before dinner is actually on the table when you're, like, plating up or you're filling cups, and and that is always kind of like a crazy time. And <laughs> so he suggested, why don't I start reading it then? That way I get everyone calmly at the table. Huh. Uh, you know, if I'm still in the kitchen plating things up, it's still right there because the bar has been kind of planned. So I can still hear. And so we'll start the chapter then. And that's been a really great kind of peaceful transition. And then I'll play that, bring the food. Then I'll just take a break while we eat. And usually whoever, um, if I finish my dinner first, I'll continue reading until he finishes his or vice versa. Oh, wow. And so that has been a really fun uh, new thing that we've started doing. I don't think I would have thought of that. That's a great idea. I know, I thought so too, and it's worked out really nicely. And I mean, Narnia is just, how can you get better than Narnia (laughs) as a family? And it makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a great reminder too, just to sort of figure out what works. Um, When we just had the three older kids, um, we read aloud more often during mealtimes. Now with the three toddlers, mealtimes Mm -hmm. are pretty loud and crazy. Mm -hmm. So... um, Mm -hmm. I'm right now I'm trying to experiment with our schedule to see when we can, cause we're not getting in quite as much read aloud time as I'd like to. So um, right. I'm trying to sort of mess around with our schedule a little bit and see how we can fit more in maybe when the babies are napping or whatever. But, but that's a really yeah. good um, reminder that it's, it can look a little different, you know, depending on how old your kids are and what works now. Might, yeah. Might not work a year. From yeah, now, but. definitely. And that didn't, you know, we didn't always do it that way either. And I think, you know, what's unique about our situation is just, and we have our three kids, so there's less than two years between all three of them. And um, so we, when we hit a phase, it's so that, you know, like you and your younger three, when you hit a phase, you were like all in the phase. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then when you leave the phase, it's like, oh, we just left that phase, I guess. And it's kind of like you plunge headfirst into the next phase. <laughs> and so the, there are both real advantages and disadvantages to that. Um, the disadvantage being if it's a hard phase, you're really in the hard phase. But the advantage being, you know, when we're all kind of together, we've, we're all interested in more or less the same things and at the same comprehension level and, and all of that. So that makes our situation, you know, different. And but I feel like, you know, there's a solution for everyone out there for your unique situation because everybody has different things to factor in. Yes, definitely. Well, I know we're running up against time, but I like to ask one more question. I'd love to see if my podcast guests can answer it without freaking out. <laughs> I've asked this to Melissa Wiley and Heidi Scovel. And, um, imagine that your family is stranded on a 
desert island and you only have three books with you, which would you want those to be? Well, I can't do it with three, but I did with five. <laughs> okay, okay, five is good. <laughs> Boy, you you must be a homeschooler, always bending the rules. <laughs> um, yes, and I'm so glad that you gave me a little heads up about this beforehand because otherwise, I don't think I don't know if I would have been able to really. It feels like a big question. It you does, know. doesn't it? Um, yeah, So. So I would take the Bible because that's our kind of handbook for living. And then I would take leadership education, which is our handbook for how we educate the kids. That's by Oliver and Rachel DeMille. So that's kind of our Bible for education in a way, if you will. Uh Um, Then I would take... uh, the Little House series because oh. that is what we've been doing this whole year as a, as me with the kids and then we we actually did a little house site field trip in the Midwest this summer which was a real experience so those books have just taken on so much meaning and what I love about um, Little House I mean one of the things is just you have the whole gamut of child development within those books because they span, you know, from Laura as a little, little girl to her as a young woman and then finally an adult. And so I feel like they are some of the best parenting books out there as well. Forget about, you know, just the enjoyment of the story, which is there too. So those have helped me a lot as a mom. Well, those are some family favorites of ours, too. We love especially the audio versions um, read by Cherry Jones. They're so well done. And I think we've listened to the whole set twice now. It's been a little while since we've listened. But they're like the stories that you can read over and over again. And the Mm. enjoyment of them just doesn't really fade. Now, you have some blog posts, I think, about your your little house adventures this summer, right? So I'll make sure. I, I do. I do. I have a lot of, um, actually I have a tag for little house at the bottom of my blog because I've written about it so, so many times now. So, oh, okay. I'll make um, sure I link to that tag in the show notes. Yeah, that would be great. It. Okay. So I would take little house then. Um, so then I was trying to think of maybe something that was a little bit different. And I thought of Jane Eyre. Oh, I think okay. I would take Jane Eyre. Because um, I was thinking about being on the desert island as a really, really challenging place to be stranded and that you would just need to pull from the best within yourself. Mm. And that is what Jane Eyre is about, about, you know, a girl coming from really, really harsh, hard circumstances and yet not losing hold of this part of herself that kind of tells her that she can overcome, that she can be more, that she can get out of a difficult situation. Okay. And um, it's really just about overcoming. So I think that that would be a good a good choice. Um, and then Steve, I was talking about it with Steve this morning, and he suggested 
that I should bring the power of positive thinking by okay. Norman Vincent Peale, <laughs> which is also a book that I like. And then his thought was like, you would really need some serious positive thinking if you were going to get yourself off of the island. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> so, and I do, I like that book a lot. So that, that would be my five. Awesome. Okay, so um, the Bible, Leadership Education by the DeMilles, the Little House mm-hmm. Books, Jane Eyre, mm-hmm. and the Power of Positive Thinking. That's an awesome collection. <laughs> I'm always so impressed with the different ways people um, think through that, the answer to that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Well, is there anything else you wanted to um, to say before we close off? I never tire of just um, encouraging people to explore books with their kids and it's one of my greatest passions and I think also to just say that it's okay if it's not one of your greatest passions um, because that means that there's something else that is Mm -hmm. and really it's passion that unlocks all of learning for our kids and so much of that especially I would say in the 12 and under age range is about them seeing you passionate about something. So, for example, when I chose to do this little house unit study with the kids, I really didn't choose it for them. I chose it for me because I knew that I would love it, and I knew that if I loved it, they would love it. And then it just becomes this, it's even so much more than just about the books because you've created this whole family culture that's become inspired and, and, and not that that means that like every time we sit down and read, it's this incredible experience. Cause it's not, it's like, hey, take your feet off your brother. Okay. <laughs> you spilled your water. Go get a towel. <laughs> so I don't want to romanticize it at all, but I just want to say, you know, it's about taking your passion. I, I do believe very strongly that books are so critical and especially in this day and age of, of kids being ever screened in ways that aren't always the best for them, that books still have a really significant um, part to play in their development in every way. So, you know, to find whatever your passion is and to translate that into a way that you can engage with books, um, and that will look so different in each family. And that's that's the beautiful part. We're not meant to be kind of robotic copycats or it will be so individual. And that's where you really find the life of it is where you define it for yourself. So I would love to just encourage people to go to run with that and just really enjoy it. Oh, that's so good. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you taking an hour out of your um, vacation and talking with me about libraries and reading aloud. And I think our listeners are really going to be blessed by it. So thank you so much for that. You're so welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. This is my favorite part of the podcast where kids tell us about their favorite stories that have been read aloud to them. Hi, my name is Jonathan Martin, and I'm 10 and from Connecticut. And I really like the book Pollyanna because I like how um, in the beginning, Miss Pollyanna,
Polly is very hard and cold, and at the end she becomes very nice and very thankful all because of Pollyanna. My name's Elijah. I'm from Connecticut. I'm nine. My favorite stories is Ragweed. He goes on many adventures. Hi, my name is Trishna Martin, and I'm 11 years old. I live in Connecticut. One of my favorite books is a picture book of Harriet Tubman by David Adler. Harriet's story has inspired me to free slaves too. This book has also inspired me by her what is her life is like being a slave. Those were Jamie's kids. Krishna, Elijah, and Jonathan, thank you so much for your messages. That was super fun. Hey, I need your kids to call and tell me what their favorite read-alouds are. Feel free to guide them through it. I can edit messages if I need to, so I don't want there to be any pressure on the kids to send a perfect message. I especially want to hear from older kids and teens. So if you have a teen who enjoys being read to, please like give them extra credit or five bucks or something <laughs> to leave me a message. You can get in touch with Jamie at steadymom.com or simplehomeschool.net. And you can get your hands on her awesome free ebook, Secrets of a Successful Homeschool Mom, there on simplehomeschool.net. It's definitely worth the read and it's absolutely free. Of course, I'll link to it and everything else we discussed during today's podcast in the show notes. You can find those, as always, at readaloudrevival.com. If you aren't on the list to get updates when new podcasts are available, make sure you sign up. It's free, and it's the best way I have to get in touch with you about what we've got going on. Head to readaloudrevival.com to get on that list, and I'll be sure to keep you posted. You all are amazing and inspiring to me. Thank you so much for your kind words, your emails, your ratings and reviews in iTunes, and as always, for telling your family and friends about the podcast. You are making this one of my very favorite things to do, and I totally mean that. So I've got some great shows coming up soon, so make sure you stay in touch, and we'll all build our family cultures around books together. That's it for today. I'll see you next time at the Read Aloud Revival. Thank you.